0: Hey Jen, want to talk about painful sex on the honeymoon?
1: Yes, there's a first for everything? Great!
0: Today we're going to discuss a bride-to-be's concerns about her upcoming first experience with sexual intercourse. Let's do it! (coughs) To the Intimate Covenant podcast, where we believe the Bible and great married sex both belong on your kitchen table. That's right, we're talking about holy, covenant-bound, intimate relationships with hot sex.
1: We're Matt and Jen, founders of Intimate Covenant. We offer biblical teaching and resources to help married couples achieve a fuller relationship and an extraordinary sex life. For more information, visit our website, IntimateCovenant.com.
0: Welcome, friends.
1: Welcome! Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Intimate Covenant Podcast.
0: Here we are again, and uh, we're about to be traveling again. Uh, that seems yes. to be a common theme. <laughs> I
1: feel like we unpack the suitcase to pack it, which is a really fun thing. We, we don't. Yes,
0: right. We don't even put the suitcases away anymore. They just kind of live Not out. Not
1: true. <laughs> not true everybody who knows me knows uh no uh
0: true true okay well it feels like it we'll put it that way um yes we're about to be in st louis and we're very much looking forward to that looking forward to meeting some new folks there yeah Uh, heading
1: out there this week on friday night we'll be spending our evening with the singles of the st louis area have a great number um already registered for that so super excited for that and then saturday will be with the married couples and again a great number registered for that event so it's gonna be a good weekend it is
0: it's gonna be a great weekend uh we're definitely looking forward to that uh if you are in the st louis area and you haven't signed up and maybe your plans have changed and you're now available uh to join us we would certainly love to have you join us there is still plenty of room that event is free but you do need to register
1: yes we um we are able to make this event free because of an incredibly generous donor who stepped up and said they wanted to cover all costs associated with the St. Louis Marriage um, Weekend. So just a huge thank you. Yeah, That's, for that's sure. amazing. Yes. I love seeing, you know, and we get to see it more than all the rest of our, our followers, but there are so many people behind the scenes doing amazing work in the kingdom to support marriages, to support singles and v- holy views of sexuality, um, and just, you know, a lot of times those people want to remain nameless, but we get to know who you we are, do. and thank you.
0: Yes, for sure. Thank you. Uh, so, if you, again, if you're in St. Louis, you want to join us, uh, you can find the registration for those events on our website, IntimateCovenant.com slash STL for the Marriage Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you want to join us for, well... <laughs> Uh, If you know someone who wants to join us for the singles uh, event, you can find uh, that registration at IntimateCovenant.com slash S-T-L Singles.
1: Yes. All right. And Matt, guess what we are one month away from. Oh,
0: you don't have to tell me. I am super (laughs) stoked. I am counting down the hours and the days. Um,
1: Our annual marriage retreat. We are only one month away, which seems crazy. I don't know where the year goes. Oh, uh, man. we are in um, high gear around here we are <laughs> yes. kicking in into high gear to fun- finish all the preparations for the marriage retreat which is keeps us busy it, but truly, it's a joy it <laughs>
0: truly keeps us busy but yes uh, it, it is going to be fantastic uh, we've been in communication with Justin Gerhart who is joining oh, us man. for this event and um, i'm so excited for very that i'm excited he about has what plan yes a
1: great great thursday evening it's going to be an amazing way to start the retreat truly, but truly. registration for hotel packages closed this week there is still time crazy as that is and we do have like one spot <laughs> So if you have not registered and you want to be just incredibly spontaneous <laughs> and come to the retreat you can and we do have a, a few opportunities for day passes so mm-hmm. if you're local um, or you want to find another place to stay off-site um, we do have just a tiny bit of space that we could squeeze you yeah. in for that. I
0: mean, officially, we are sold out. Yes. But if, if we had someone come and say, we definitely want to come, we'll figure out we, a way to we'll, squeeze you yes. into the room. We we'll have make a it plan,
1: work. a plan B yes, for the Yes, <laughs> we, we will make it
0: work. Uh, we would certainly love to have you, and it's not too late to register. com slash retreat.
1: Yeah. All right. So today's uh, email... Uh, no, today's podcast episode yes. comes from an email. Does. that we actually received from a bride to be. So uh, again, we, we seem to keep getting emails from unmarried people. We're, we're having
0: a run on unmarried uh, emails, <laughs> which is well, fine.
1: Yeah, we're like, oh, that's not really who we thought was listening to this <laughs> podcast. But hey, here here we are. <laughs> um, but we're gonna we're gonna kind of go with this one because we think this topic is actually really good. For unmarried, but also for the married amongst Yeah, I, th- amongst I think us. there's some
0: relevance uh, to everyone of every age and experience level with marriage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I do think it's appropriate. All uh, right. B- before we read the email, again, if you're married or unmarried and you have questions for us, you can uh, reach out to us at com slash podcast and click on the button that says uh, contact the podcast. You'll be able to submit your question to us anonymously. Yeah.
1: All right, so here's the email that we received. It says, I'm getting married soon and have been listening to your podcast to prepare for that next stage in my life. I appreciate you addressing things most people will not, especially coming from a Christ-centered place. I listened to your honeymoon episode, which if you've not heard those, those were in December. Uh, So I have heard the advice you gave there. I have heard from many that even with plenty of foreplay... She has that in quotes and puts in parentheses, I know not your favorite term. (laughs) I love that. So she says, I have heard from many that even with plenty of foreplay, there can still be pain with the first time intercourse happens. I also have listened to you say that if there is pain, then stop. But if you just stop every time, how will you ever get adjusted? Any tips as far as that goes, as well as issues with getting it to fit the first time?
0: Appreciate that question and the vulnerability and Mm -hmm. also this um, listener's um, diligence in wanting to be prepared and wanting to um, fully enjoy the honeymoon experience um, that is not an attitude that everyone takes and so certainly appreciate that yeah from, I from love this how she is listener for sure
1: she's thinking about it and she's thinking about kind of some of the nuances of yes. things that we've said yes and, so one, one, love and love wanting this to be prepared, question.
0: certainly appreciate that but before we answer this question I want to ask our listener something does your current financial circumstance fit with your long-term spiritual goals? <laughs>
1: If You're watching us on YouTube. You see the face I am making to my husband. Excellent segue. There, I thought honey. that
0: was a beautiful segue. It,
1: I'm I'm so impressed with you. You're talking about Open Door Financial Advisors, aren't you? I honey? am indeed. Uh,
0: if, if your current financial circumstances uh, don't fit with your long-term financial goals,
1: I'm going to giggle every time you say the word "fit." Right now.
0: Well, keep good. going. Perfect. Keep going. Uh, you you need uh, to meet our friends at Open Door Financial Advisors. Uh, Specifically, Derek Finley at opendoorfa.com. Derek uh, just has a great business model, he has a great Mm -hmm. organization, he has great business, and he has great advice that will be tailored to your individual specific financial needs and goals. Uh, you don't have to live where Derek lives. He happens to live in West Texas, but you don't have to live there to work with him. Right. Um, he, in fact, we don't, and we don't drive to Lubbock to meet with him every <laughs> every month. Uh, he he works remotely with clients mm-hmm. all over the country. Right. Uh, he they, he sets up regular meetings with us, and he will with you to review your circumstances, um, get a financial plan in order, starting with you know again whether that's just. Base, very basic, fundamental principles and tasks, uh, all the way to very much more uh, involved and complicated circumstances. Right. He is prepared and and more than capable of helping you with those uh, with that circumstance.
1: Right. I love his tagline: "Where finances meet faith and family." Truly. So contact OpenDoorFa.com. All right. So. Getting back to our question. (laughs) So this question is coming from a Mm bride-to-be who is understandably concerned about their first experience with intercourse. Um, And so it sounds like she's especially concerned because she's been warned Mm -hmm. that there may be pain with intercourse, especially the first time.
0: Um,
1: So she's just trying to figure out what should I expect?
0: Sure. And, and, you know, reasonably so. She wants to have the right expectations and be be prepared for whatever that eventuality might be. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, f- f- coming at this from a medical standpoint, which really that's kind of my background. Um, I did do some, tried to do some digging into some of the literature, uh, the, the medical and scientific literature on this. Mm-hmm. Painful intercourse is something called dyspareunia which I, I just needed to throw that in there so I would sound but, smart. You,
1: you do sound smart. Oh,
0: thank you. Um, but um, in the United States, a um, number of studies have been done that estimate that somewhere between 10 to 20% of all women uh, experience significant pain during intercourse at some point in their lives. So it's not like... 20% of women are walking around having painful intercourse every time. But up to 20% of women at some across point. the board at some point in their lives are going to have a painful um, sexual experience. But, and this was striking to me, less than 30% of women who are having ongoing sexual pain, so repeated episodes of sexual pain, less than 30% of those women... Have ever talked to a healthcare provider about it?
1: Wow, and that's sad. That I is mean, sad to, to think that a woman is continually having legitimate pain in intercourse, but for whatever reason is blocked, is afraid of, unwilling, is, is unwilling yeah, right. to talk to a healthcare provider about it and, and seek some answers. Yeah. That that's a hard place to be.
0: Uh, agreed, and you know, just to be clear, sexual pain does occur for men too. Mm-hmm. Um, there certainly are some conditions and circumstances that that might ad- cause that, but the incidence of sexual pain for men is far less common um, than for women, and it's not the topic of conversation for today's episode um, because it, it, you know that's just not where that's not where the question is about. Maybe we'll get to that at some point in the future, but most causes of sexual pain, whether they are uh, male or female. Uh, in 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 nature most causes of sexual pain can be successfully treated and that's also what is so sad about this Mm -hmm. is that for anybody men or women who is experiencing pain with sex sexual intercourse specifically there are a number of potential causes but nearly all of them can be treated so if we and
1: treated non-invasively. I mean, sometimes oh. when we hear "treated," we think, "Oh, you know, big big things might be happening." But treated non-invasively, uh, but it requires you first being willing to to start a conversation. Yeah,
0: you got to have a conversation with with your doctor. So, and
1: there's a lot. You know, I, I I will say I have learned over the past couple of years there is a lot of resources out there when you're talking about your doctor. Now, you might start this conversation with your gynecologist. But there are plenty of pelvic floor therapists mm-hmm. who specialize in helping with sexual right. health as a whole, improving, right. you know, and, and meeting the needs of women with with sexual health issues. And so um, it's it's a legitimate thing out there. You don't have to just start with a gynecologist. And there are plenty of resources out there. But you have to be willing to, to look for the help.
0: Yeah, you've got to be willing to ask. And, and again... Mo- uh, most gynecologists are prepared to uh, help you with this or at mm-hmm. least they can, refer you the right you. they can refer you yeah. to someone who can. Now, w- while our question um, is from a bride-to-be mm-hmm. about the possibility of painful honeymoon sex, mm-hmm. we are certain that there are many married wives out there who are also dealing with sexual pain. And so that's right. kind of why we wanted to start with this the, the question certainly is a, is a narrow focus, but we wanted to broaden out this topic because, again, it is something that affects many wives mm-hmm. um, ac- across the board. Mm-hmm. So uh, we wanted to come back to this topic. We, we did address this topic way back in February
1: 2021. That was a long time ago. Episode
0: 31. <laughs> We're now at like 144 five. Yeah. So um, well, that was way back. So we felt like it was appropriate to maybe come back, look at this topic again. Mm-hmm. Maybe some of you haven't gone back and binge listened to every single episode in the past.
1: Yeah, but that one's good for more specific um, causes mm-hmm. and solutions. Um, so listen to that one if you find yourself in need of this advice. But I think here, Matt, is a good place to make a distinction about our language. Okay. You know me. I like to define our terms, right? Let's speak clearly. So there is a difference between pain and mild initial discomfort. And I think we're tending to use the word pain and lump it all in one category when it's maybe a little bit more helpful to separate it out. So we've done this, right. right? We've said, if it hurts, stop. I think really what we're meaning by that, mm-hmm. though, we could kind of more define that. And that's what in her email, right? She's like, wait a minute, you're saying two things. So, so yes. let's, let's more define this. So when we say, if it hurts, stop, what we mean is, if your body is saying, stop, don't just try to push through that.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of damage that can occur emotionally, maybe even physically, Mm -hmm. if you try to just simply push through something that is painful. And by painful, I I think, again, that's good wording there. If your body is saying, stop, then you should listen to that. If your body is saying, this is too uncomfortable, don't fight back tears in order to follow through with that that sexual intercourse, you're going to make it more challenging for yourselves later on right. and and you're going to to damage even the sexual connection that can even occur in that moment.
1: And I think that's important because if you are experiencing legitimate pain in that moment, there is a mental connection to that pain mm-hmm. yes. to the act that you are doing and so you are potentially damaging the next time and yes. the next time unless you stop and and deal with the actual cause of that pain. Now, here's the difference yeah. between pain and discomfort. Because it may be that your body is saying, "I'm mostly enjoying this even though there's there's a little pressure and I can imagine that it's going to feel better if we continue." If that's the case, go right ahead. <laughs> there's a difference and and you know, obviously pain is a word that's hard to really define and it's I'm thinking of the little smiley faces to frowny faces, oh. right? That <laughs> the nurse is yeah, in the doctor's office. Right. right. So only you can know where is my where is pain yes. and where is discomfort. But what we're meaning is, you know, don't hesitate to say something like, Oh, hang on a minute, let's let's go a little bit more slowly for a minute, or wait just a second while I process this, or you know, let's change positions just a little. Let's do something a little bit different for just a few more minutes. Um that's different. Discomfort is mm-hmm. different than
0: pain absolutely. If you can imagine, like um in that moment, it if you' if your thought process is well, okay, maybe not as deep or maybe not as fast, maybe mm-hmm. not as hard, but it still would be enjoyable, That's an entirely different circumstance. Yes then if your body is screaming, please stop.
1: Right, right, um, right. And so you need you need to know the difference between the two and then how do you deal with it? So mm-hmm. as to the likelihood of legitimate pain with your first attempt at intercourse with your new husband, well, unfortunately, I mean, it's it's impossible to predict how likely this really is to occur. Sure.
0: I, I think if you asked 100 wives, and maybe we should do this sometime, but if you ask 100 wives... <laughs> um you know did you have pain or discomfort and maybe rate the degree yeah, yeah. of pain or discomfort yeah. that you had on that first uh intercourse you would probably get a hundred different answers because right. everyone's first experience is probably very different depending on the circumstance
1: and i think many new brides like this one receive warnings mm-hmm. you know that feel big and scary um, and those are coming from books or from mothers or girlfriends or other well-intentioned, more experienced brides. And so it it is, you know, out there that, oh, it, it will hurt the first time. Um, but, you know, there's really no published studies, right? Uh, right. I that, looked into this. The,
0: there's nothing, investigated there's nothing yeah. in the literature that I could find. And I'm pretty good at doing literature searches <laughs> okay. these days Um there's nothing in the literature to, to even tell us or give us an idea of how frequently it occurs or, or how uncomfortable it may or may not be for a first-time bride or a, someone's first experience with intercourse. Mm-hmm. We, we just don't know how likely that actually is or is not. So I, I do wonder where this advice is coming from or where these mm-hmm. warnings are coming from. Right? Are they legitimate? Is it You know um, legend or is there some Mm -hmm. real uh, meaning meaningfulness to this Um, and how widespread is this experience from one bride to the next
1: well and i think it's helpful to understand anatomically what's going on sure um so that you understand you know how likely is it to experience pain so it stands to reason that if a vagina has never experienced penetration by a penis then it's going to take some getting used to, right? Right. I mean, in the same way that if you tell me to go lift 100 pounds, you know, a barbell today, right now, I'm not going to do that so well. <laughs> I don't have the muscles built up for that, Right, right. right. But... It is important to understand that the vagina is made for this purpose. I mean, God thought of this, and he thought <laughs> Imagine of that. everything Imagine that. when it comes to sex, and he thought of how it could work best, right? So it would not be expected to be especially painful for most women for most of the time because how the vagina is made. It is a muscle intended for this purpose. In fact, it's a muscle that's intended to get a 10-pound baby out. So you can imagine that's a pretty stretchy muscle. It's
0: pretty accommodating, very flexible, Uh, generally speaking. There are some reasons why that might not be the case from an anatomic standpoint. And so, again, that's why if you are having discomfort, there, there are reasons, there would be a good reason to check with your doctor to make sure that there is nothing physically or anatomically or structurally. Uh, in the way or, or mm-hmm. making that challenging. But again, like you said, the vagina is made for this purpose. Mm-hmm. It is the, the one of the primary purposes for having a vagina is to accommodate sexual intercourse. That's the way God designed it. And right. anecdotally speaking, most brides do not find it uncomfortable enough to prevent them from continuing to fully enjoy their first experience or discourage them from trying it again in the future. So it seems to work.
1: Right. And so let's kind of discuss some ways to, to improve intercourse, prevent discomfort, Um, and I think this advice is good for not just newlyweds. Uh,
0: Agreed, I think these are some tips that would be appropriate and I think would be good advice for most of, for all of us to consider, even those of us who have been married for a long time.
1: Right, because as your body changes (laughs) for a woman, as our bodies change, as hormonal cycles change, as we age, uh, you're going to experience different things with sexual intercourse. And so yeah. and in it's fact, important to know how do we keep that as pleasurable as
0: possible? Absolutely. Because yeah. again, I think from, uh, from an anatomic standpoint and a physiologic standpoint, a- as a woman ages, the mm-hmm. as their hormones change, their vaginal flexibility and ability to lubricate all becomes diminished to some extent or another depending on the individual. Right. Uh, so that... Almost makes you somewhat like a new bride again. Oh, we'll put it that way. Yeah,
1: there you go. <laughs> uh, so
0: it does mean that sometimes some special accommodations need to be made, and so. And that, I that's... think
1: the number one accommodation that you've heard us say over and over and over and over is lubrication. Yeah. Make it a habit. Um, you know, there are a hundred different options out there, and you might want to just try a hundred different options. Why not? In order to find what feels best for both of you for research
0: but purposes there you of go for
1: research purposes yeah. but you know it is not a marker of that you're less than if you need lube um you know yes bodies are made to create lubrications but there are different points in the process that that your body may or may not come on board with creating its own lubrication sure. so just take take that stress out of it and add in lubrication yourself hooray that we live in a day and age where that is so readily available
0: right i mean yeah you couldn't just go to the corner store or amazon and order that in the past
1: (laughs) so you know try different lubes and we've done a whole series on lubes who knew that we could do that (laughs) but we did um because you might want different lubes for different occasions different circumstances but number one recommendation to prevent discomfort. And, and really the number one reason why there might be discomfort is all about lubrication. Agreed
0: agree. That, that's an important uh, point that um, that is by far in, in terms of commonality, that that is the most common reason why there is discomfort with sex is lack of lubrication. So if you can automatically check that off your list, you're getting rid of
1: mm-hmm. the most
0: common reason why there might be discomfort for one or both of you. Right. And and as Jen mentioned, I mean, there are so many different lubrication lubricants that are out there. Um, make sure you get one that's high quality and, you know, th- there's a lot of other points to consider. Look at,
1: look at the ingredients, yeah, all of at, that. Look at
0: all yep. that. But you might even find that different lubricants work best for different circumstances, depending on what your right. uh, specific activity might be for that evening.
1: Right. So, so outside of lubrication or second to dad, I think it is so important to recognize that our bodies are meant to build in the arousal process. Um, and it's... We all too often have that goal mentality mm-hmm. that once we get to intercourse, then we'll have had sex. Right. This is especially common on a wedding night, that mm-hmm. that is the marker and we have to get there.
0: Yeah. But if, I would. Yeah. If we haven't had intercourse, then it's not, then, then the night's not over.
1: Right. Yet. Right. Penetration. But I would, if I can offer any advice to a new husband and bride or about to be um, groom and bride is that it is so important to go slow and just focus on building pleasure and arousal together because that is sex. Yes. The minute you start sharing sexual energies together, you are having sex. Yes. What it is that you do is A matter of how it all plays out. But you're having sex. You did it. Yay. (laughs) Congratulations.
0: You have quote consummated the marriage. (laughs) Exactly.
1: So So because when fully aroused, again, God thought of everything. He's such a good creator. (laughs) When fully aroused, the vagina actually lengthens and dilates. It makes itself ready to accept a penis.
0: Yes. But and during that process, then Um, the cervix actually is pulling itself upwards and, quote, out of the way. So Mm -hmm. that, uh, you know, that's one point of pain is when there is um, contact with the cervix. But Mm -hmm. when a woman is more fully aroused, it's much more likely that her cervix will be pulled up and out of the way so that that um, doesn't become a problem.
1: And we know that the the clitoris is amazing in that it's not just... You know, outward um, nerve endings, but yeah. there is a whole network inside the vaginal opening, um, and there's, you know, all sorts of pleasure receptors going on, and those become more sensitive and making vaginal stimulation that much more pleasurable right. at this time. Right. And so, there's a reason to slow that process down you know, work on arousal. I mean, she mentions, Matt, that you don't like the word foreplay because we want you to see all parts of that process as having sex. Yes. Uh, But that process is important. It's not that we're saying just jump to it. No,
0: I I, I don't dislike the term because I want you to just jump right into it. What I want Mm -hmm. you to see is all of it is sexual. Mm -hmm. All of it is having sex together and sharing that relationship together. Right. Uh, and, And so I would prefer the. I prefer the term just arousal. Just yes. yeah, take your time in that arousal building process. Be less um, goal-focused, but the goal being like intercourse or the goal is orgasm or whatever the goal is. Be less goal-focused and just sit in the process. The, and, the goals will take care of themselves.
1: And this is great advice for all women, yes. all married couples, you know, no, no matter how long you've been married, but especially <clears throat> if at any point pain has become associated with your sexual experience, it is all the more important to slow down and focus on pleasure and arousal. Oh,
0: I would suggest, yes, I agree with you. I would suggest this is good advice whether you have pain in your in intercourse <laughs> or not. That's true. It, yeah, absolutely. It is best... Your, your intercourse, your entire sexual experience will be uh, improved if you can take the time to slow down and just right. sit in the process of arousal. Right. I mean, it, it is best, I would suggest, to wait for vaginal penetration until the wife actually has physical desire for it.
1: And I would say that probably if we did a poll, and you guys were honest on our poll, This rarely happens. Mm -hmm. For most couples, penetration happens probably before the wife really has physical desire for it Mm -hmm. because I think we're too goal-oriented. Yeah. Um, You know, and we could also recognize that a wife's desire for penetration might often occur actually after orgasm, Mm -hmm. which means she might have already been stimulated in other ways, uh, not not because Ex- our externally. orgasm is yeah. goal, no. right? But right, she might have been stimulated in other ways that has led her to the point of great pleasure. And her body might then be at a point where it's, much more welcoming to penetration. Absolutely. And, and, you know, you as a wife will know when you're ready to move into internal stimulation from external stimulation. But you've got to listen to your body cues and you've got to stop being ashamed by those body cues and the timeline that they may or may not take.
0: Absolutely. And, and you know, now don't get us wrong. We're certainly all for a great quickie. We even have some episodes about great quickies. But, and I get it, that we don't always have the time to move through this process and really take our time with hours of, of time together. But if we can make it a point to increase the the numbers of times and the amount of effort that we're willing to take even with our ordin, our quote ordinary interactions. Yes. Uh, I think we'll all find benefit to slowing down and taking our time and building that full arousal because full arousal mm-hmm. whether you're even a male or female and again men we feel like yeah I can be ready in just in the 30 seconds but yes you can but you may not even be experiencing full arousal yourself, mm-hmm. men, because we're not always taking the time. Uh, I think most couples, whether you're newlyweds or even much more experienced, do not. Most couples do not wait long enough for full arousal to occur before right. they start intercourse.
1: Right. So the question then is, what if pain does occur? What if I have to stop as a, as a new bride? What do I do? Well. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it's no big deal. Because right. remember when we said the minute you start sharing your sexual energies, you're having sex. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're doing one thing, but the other thing, eh, no, not right now, fine. There's plenty of other ways to have sex than just intercourse. Yeah. And, and if you, it happens
0: on night one, great. If it happens on night two or three or 10 or 20, if it, if it takes that long to get this worked out, no big deal. Right, right. No your deal. husband
1: doesn't want to hurt you.
0: Uh, right. And again,
1: right. it, it is not about some goal. It's right. not about some marker. It is about sharing your your sexual self with one another, the connection that comes from that physically, emotionally, and spiritually, and in the enjoyment of that. And you have a lifetime to figure yeah, this right, out. Right,
0: exactly. I mean, it, if, we, if we are... Truly encouraging our young people to uh, remain virgins and to only share their sexual experience with their um, future husband or or wife. Then why would we expect them then to then suddenly be experts, have it all, and figured have it out. all figured out, and and be ready to go and do everything together from night one? That's that's not realistic. Right. That's that's not possible. Um, but I I don't know why we. We, we really give mixed messages, I think, mm-hmm. um, to to our, our young people in this way. Mm-hmm. It doesn't... You have a lifetime. That's what a marriage is about. That's what you're promising to each other. So feel free to take a lifetime to figure this out and become experts.
1: Right. So, you know, say it hurts one time and you stop. What if it hurts the next time too? Well, if you are repeatedly experiencing pain... With sexual touch or intercourse, even it's not even if it's not all the time, again, our advice is please, please, please talk to a doctor about it. Yeah. Please seek the help. Number one, start with telling your spouse, do not hide this. You cannot co-create a meaningful sexual relationship with meaningful connection. If one of you is suffering in silence,
0: yeah, and this is about co-creating. So if you're holding that back, then how are you? How are you creating how are, something with your spouse if you're hiding this from them?
1: Right, and so and, to-
0: and yeah, they want to help you. I, I'm, I mean, almost certain it, your spouse is marrying you because they want to take care of you. They want your, what is best for you. Right. Um, it, it is. It would be abhorrent to me to consider that a spouse would just not care about that
1: right and so they together you know you together hopefully um can can find what is the best course of care and treatment but you know if if you're having repeated episodes of legitimate pain talk to a professional about it get help find answers don't just suffer
0: yes and then talk to your spouse about it yes right two conversations you have to have yes, yes.
1: <laughs> and again because nearly all causes of sexual pain have solutions there are answers there are things that you can do pelvic floor therapists that can help provide different you know exercises and just lots of different ways to treat this pain yeah. so there is just no reason no matter how long you've been married there is no reason to just be suffering in silence when it comes to sexual pain
0: right
1: so Matt, I think where we can land this is some advice to our listening audience Mm -hmm. because most of them are married, right?
0: I I think so.
1: (laughs) I I think that's still our audience.
0: Yeah, Apple Podcast doesn't give me those kind of demographics, but I think that's probably. (laughs) But
1: I, I want to offer some encouragement um, and maybe some reframing that needs to happen because this email all starts from a young. You know, bride-to-be who has been told it's going to hurt. Uh, can we just <laughs> own that there is really no reason to be scaring young women with the warning that sex is probably going to hurt? Right. Can we, can we take a step back
0: yeah, from I, that? How about we instead teach them how to enjoy it? Why don't we have that conversation rather than framing this from the standpoint of, oh, be careful because it's it might hurt. Why don't we instead give them the tools to know how to enjoy it?
1: Can we, can we share with them that, yes, if this muscle has never been used this way, there might be some discomfort, but here's some great ways to avoid too much discomfort. We have that in conversation. Could we... Encourage open dialogues with mentors? Can mamas, can you please start having open and clear and meaningful dialogues with your daughters and, and dads with their sons? Can we encourage involving health care providers that stand ready and willing and able to help if yeah. there is? Problems? Yes. Let's
0: give these young people resources.
1: Could we broaden this conversation into a much more healthy conversation? Because here's my fear. All too often, I think this conversation sounds something like it's going to hurt and you're going to be exhausted because wedding days are exhausting. And so if it's going to hurt and you're going to be exhausted, it's okay to just... Not have sex on your wedding day. I can't tell you the number of times I have heard that. And mm-hmm. I get that it's well-meaning. But y'all, that's the wrong thing to say to a, a, coming, a, a new bride and a new groom. They absolutely should be celebrating and sharing the one thing that defines their marriage as such. And that is the sexual union. Because again, that sexual union is so much more than a goal. It is so much more than intercourse or orgasms. It is a spiritual connection that God intended for this marriage. And it should be a part Mm -hmm. of their marriage from the very beginning. And we also should stop saying things that make it sound like sex is just for men. And right. you're going to have to, for a lifetime, do your wifely duty so you deserve a night off on your wedding day.
0: <laughs> yeah. and, and since it's going, it, if it's going to hurt, then yeah, you, you should just prepare yourself and brace yourself and just power through and let him do what he needs to do.
1: Right. Can we instead have a conversation about how wonderful the sexual relationship is? Could we start that conversation Well, before this couple is even engaged, could we raise a next generation that knows beyond a shadow of doubt that their mom and dad has a great sex life? Yeah, because... How amazing would that be? uh,
0: It would be astoundingly amazing because, and going back to the, the scientific studies, as it were, the incidence of sexual pain is profoundly much higher among religious women, especially conservative religious women, who were taught to fear and to be ashamed of their sexuality.
1: Do y'all get that? The incidence of physical pain is very much tied to the experience that a woman has had growing up and how... Her sexuality has or has not been taught to her.
0: Now, well, not all, I don't mean to say, not not all causes of sexual pain are psychological. Right, right. But we could drastically reduce the frequency of this problem if we just did a better job of proclaiming the beauty of God's design and his beautiful plan for holy sexuality.
1: Right. So, married people, sorry we're on a a soapbox here, (laughs) but let's have a different conversation with new brides and new grooms, and encourage them to see the beauty of their sexual union and the joy of it, yep. instead of the negative.
0: Yes, yeah. and the and the fear.
1: All right, Matt, give us our wrap up.
0: Pain with intercourse is not a rare circumstances is not a rare circumstance and may occur for many reasons. The good news is that there are solutions for nearly every cause. Some discomfort may occur for a new wife as her body becomes accustomed to the process of sexual intercourse. The keys to reducing or preventing sexual pain are lubrication and to go slow enough to achieve maximum arousal. If you experience pain during sex, stop immediately. Have a conversation with your spouse about it and seek help from a healthcare provider.
1: Now it's time to grab your spouse and your Bible and head to your kitchen table to have the conversation about painful sex. Have either of you ever experienced painful sex? How did it affect your relationship?
0: We would love to have your feedback, whether you're married or not. You can uh, contact us by emailing podcast at intimatecovenant.com or go to our uh, website to submit an anonymous uh, question, intimatecovenant.com slash podcast. Click the button contact. The podcast for that submission form. Thanks again to Derek and Open Door Financial Advisors for sponsoring the podcast. Contact Open Door at opendoorfa.com where finances meet faith. And family.
1: Thanks to all of you for listening, subscribing, rating, and sharing the podcast. We are truly humbled by all your encouragement and all your support. And thanks especially to our Patreon subscribers for coming alongside us in a very real and monthly way. We love you and we love your support and we're so thankful. And if you would like to join Intimate Covenant by supporting the podcast in our greater mission to share God's plan for intimate marriage and holy sexuality, we'd love it if you would join us by subscribing at patreon.com slash Intimate Covenant.
0: Until next time, keep striving and don't settle.